Unity Water is proud to sponsor this podcast series because we believe great news, great solutions and great outcomes deserve to be shared. See what we're all about at unitywater.com. You're listening to the Australian Water Association's podcast series. I'm Hazel Flynn and joining me now is Rachel Watson, Senior Research Consultant at the Institute for Sustainable Futures, University of Technology, Sydney, here to talk about the tricky question of recycled water pricing. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Now, it is increasingly being considered worldwide, water reuse, and yet the issue of pricing remains tricky. Why so? Well, I think one of the key issues that we have is we quite often treat recycled water quite differently to the way that we treat water and wastewater services. So we treat it with a different level of risk and quite often we look at it as an additional extra and we really question, have a lot of questions around the viability of individual projects on their own merits rather than looking at the system as a whole, which is something that we don't really do when we look at water and wastewater infrastructure. Some of the other challenges we have are balancing um, developing new markets for recycled water along with um, the different drivers for recycled water programs at different times, leaving a legacy of different pricing and cost recovery mechanisms that send very different signals to both customers, regulators and utilities. Yes, well how does that interplay work? You know, thinking about recycled water pricing, the interplay between customers, the wider community and the water utilities and the regulators. There's a lot of different um, competing demands um, and different perspectives out there. There's a lot of focus at the moment um, in the water industry on customer willingness to pay and um, that can often bring up some, some very interesting questions for both the utilities and the customers, particularly when we're talking about new developments where the customers don't exist yet. And one of the things um, I think is really important is um, we often ask our question, will they be willing to pay? And um, what's the viability of the scheme, but we often don't ask ourselves a question of what's the impact if we don't start investing in these schemes, what's the outcome going to be? And up to date we've seen a few de developments go in um, across all states of Australia with urban densification where we really haven't provided the right type of water environments and these are going to be very hot and uncomfortable places to live, uh, particularly in summer periods as we get drier and hotter. And um, incorporating water um, into land planning at the very beginning and having recycled water, retaining water in our urban landscape is a very important thing and we need to think about why we're not doing it rather than why we should do it. An interesting point. Clearly we need to uh, get a little bit smarter about how we're handling it. Victoria is the area where you, you've studied um, some efforts being done and Victoria actually had a policy push on recycled water in 2002, didn't it? Yes, it did. So the policy push originally for recycled water came from a wastewater driver. So a driver to protect um, their Port Phillip Bay and their local waterways. So um, this push actually came a little bit before the drought um, and that's typical of a lot of recycled water schemes actually that were established before that period that were really driven by long-term wastewater drivers and protecting our waterways. I think a lot of people have forgotten that as we've moved into the period of drought where recycled water has become all about water security. But water security, particularly in a country where we depend a lot on surface water supplies is something that comes and goes with time. Protecting our waterways and providing nice, cool, green, beautiful urban environments that retain water in the landscape is something that goes on day on day, year on year. 
And so we really need to take our focus away from just um, thinking of recycled water as something that provides a water security option and something that provides an integrated holistic way of providing um, water services. And as I say, you looked at um, Victorian cases, you looked at attempts made by two different Victorian utilities to address recycled water pricing. Who were they and what did they do? Okay, so our case studies looked at Yarra Valley Water and South East Water. They're both retail water utilities in Melbourne. Um, so they both have slightly different recycled water histories and outcomes. So Yarra Valley Water has a much more recent um, foray into recycled water. So their recycled water schemes really started to only come online um, in the mid 2000s, um, particularly pushed by drought. Um, and they're mainly residential schemes in, in that area. The Southeast Water um, region has a much longer history of recycled water. Um, and that has stemmed from the fact that they had quite a lot of communities um, on the urban fringes and their recycled water was much more a way of managing wastewater in an efficient way and protecting the waterway outcomes. So a lot of their recycled water schemes have an initial focus on irrigation, but since the drought they have then moved on to um, residential and industrial schemes. So two areas who are both um, increasing their recycled water um, going into the future um, and have had some very successful schemes and also have been really willing to learn from the schemes that they have put in in the past. So different challenges there and different approaches. What did you see that worked really well and what was tried that didn't work quite so well? Okay, so um, one of the things in um, Yarra Valley is that they're servicing um, in some new growth areas and um, if they had have taken a very pure financial approach to one of these new growth areas, the best thing for them to do would have been to let Melbourne Water, who's um, the major wastewater and water supply utility in Melbourne, build big pipelines and take all the water away from their communities. Um, and that would have cost, the big trunk main would have cost about $100 million. But the best outcome for their customers, um, and from a whole of community perspective, which this approach Yarra Valley took, was actually to plan for a whole heap of uh, several decentralised treatment plants um, and have recycled water off them. So despite some of the challenges set up in the institutional framework, because they took that holistic approach for their customers, they've been able to um, justify going ahead with um, a different approach and actually saving quite a lot of money. So that scheme pays for itself. So, and what about the, uh, the other uh, utility that you were mentioning? Yeah, so South, South East Water, so as I said, some of their irrigation schemes um, started um, as a way of managing wastewater in some of the urban fringe areas. And one of the real challenges with those types of schemes is to balance the, um, the demand for recycled water with the generation of wastewater. And it can be quite challenging because of course the climate changes um, seasonally and wastewater generation tends to not change seasonally. So they've um, designed some quite innovative pricing arrangements that incentivise um, the irrigators to create the storage on their sites to um, then, um, so they charge a, a lesser price in the off, off irrigation season and they charge a higher price in the irrigation season when more people want it. So there's a balance of um, 
infrastructure investment between both them and the, the irrigators. So that was one, one very interesting thing that I saw there. Um, and the other interesting thing that I saw um, with Southeast Water was um, quite often when we set up recycled water schemes, um, there's a, a demand risk. So often that demand risk for recovering um, the cost of the scheme lies with the person who invests in the scheme, so the utilities. But some of the contracts they've set up there are take or pay contracts so that the, especially with um, large irrigator customers and um, businesses, so that the business knows their um, business and the demand that they'll be having into the future. So they take on that, quite rightly, they take on that demand risk and the utility takes on the risk of operating the system. So that was a quite innovative win-win um, arrangement for some of those contracts. So how was customer engagement handled? Okay, so in Victoria, the Victorian um, price regulator has recently brought in a, diff, um, a new incentive mechanism to encourage the utilities to really um, change their focus from their pipes and their assets to what their customers want. And so through this process, both all the utilities in Victoria have had to deeply engage with their customers to understand exactly what they want. And from this engagement process, despite the fact that Yarra Valley Water and South East Water took quite different approaches, they both found out some very interesting things from their customers about what they wanted for recycled water. Yarra Valley found out from their customers that they really valued um, the idea of having two different types of water, high quality water for um, drinking and a lower quality of water for garden watering and toilet flushing and clothes washing. And that um, really emphasises the community's passion for fit for purpose water. On the other hand, um, South East Water, when they were um, talking to their customers, they found out um, that there was quite a different perception between customers who had recycled water and customers who didn't have recycled water. So overall, all customers were interested in um, Southeast Water continuing to investigate um, non-potable uses for recycled water um, and there was a moderate interest in them expanding their programs um, but customers who had recycled water knew that they were doing their bit for the environment but thought they should get a discount on um, because it wasn't quite as good as the potable water which is um, interesting because that's still a common theme even though during the drought all of Victorian utilities were actually charging as much for recycled water as they were for potable water. Um, but the customers who weren't already receiving recycled water actually really wanted to have recycled water. And they also thought the recycled water should be expanded, but they weren't very happy to subsidise very much um, other people using recycled water. There was one really notable exception to this, and that was that there was a really high interest in providing and expanding recycled water programs to farmers. And this was perhaps thought to be um, a perception that farmers really struggled during the drought and that that um, would be exacerbated by climate change into the future. So Southeast Water are continuing to um, talk to their customers to find out what they expect in that regard. Well, it sounds like there were lots of interesting uh, lessons to be shared from what those two utilities experienced because obviously recycled water, the thinking has changed, but it's going to continue to change. and. Your work uh, is suggesting that we should be looking at why not do it rather than why do it. That's correct and I think that's one of um, the things for me that I find um, most exciting about the approach um, taken in Victoria with um, the focus of the utilities really talking to their customers and 
the risk for them is not delivering on what their customers do rather than the old approach of it being risky to go above minimum standards and do something extra for your customers. So I'm really looking forward to seeing um, how that approach plays out um, and seeing lots more recycled water into the future. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming in and talking to us. Thank you very much for asking me. Thank you. And that was Rachel Watson, Senior Research Consultant at the Institute for Sustainable Futures, University of Technology, Sydney. And thanks for joining us. Thank you.